From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Pastor, you're involved both formally and informally in the training up of a new generation of pastors. What I mean by that is that you have uh, sometimes interns, you have uh, people around the, the church that you're investing in, uh, regular conversations and meetings with people that are going into ministry, and then you also teach um, at seminary campus uh, a, a new generation of pastors uh, as well. I wonder if you could articulate uh, what goes into evaluating a pastor or a potential pastor, whether or not he is fit for this task and whether or not the Lord has called him to this task. Yeah, first off, as you know, Josh, I mean, it's, it's not just me that makes that investment. We all do here. We have a, we're, we're a seminary campus, and then all the elders here have involvement with the guys who are in school right now. We have Campus Chapel where you're involved and uh, Pastor CJ is involved and others are involved. So it's a total training approach. It's not, it's not just myself. And that, interestingly enough, that's one aspect of how you evaluate a man is elders recognize giftedness in, in men who've been prepared by God to serve in a similar way. So whether that, those men end up being elders one day, they end up being on ministry staff one day, or they just end up being faithful churchmen mm -hmm. who, who've been trained formally, elders help those men think through that, help them to evaluate the combination of their desires, their evident giftedness, whatever it becomes clear over time they're, they're good at in a way that's supplied by the Spirit of God, where they're made effective in ministry. So, so let's talk through a few of those elements. I, I just mentioned desire. Does a man desire the ministry? That's important. I mean, if a man approaches ministry like, like some sort of just career choice, you know, I think this would be a, a good way to, uh, to spend my life or something like that. <clears throat> that's, that's not what you're looking for. First Timothy 3, 1, for example, in examining elders begins at the point of desire. If any man desires the office of uh, a bishop, the old King James says, he desires a good work. So desire. Then you, then you look at giftedness. Ephesians 4 teaches that Christ distributed gifts. He ascended on high, he distributed gifts, gifted men to his church. So does this man have gifts? I believe God has given each one of us a, a spiritual gift, but that gift is sort of a composite of the categories of giftedness given in the New Testament that have to do with permanent edifying gifts. Mm. So you think about a, a gift combination as it were. Mm -hmm. Is this man gifted for ministry? Is he gifted as a teacher? Is he gifted with a measure of discernment? Is he a man who seems to have a special God-given ability to connect with people? Are there gifts of leadership there? So you're looking at whether the man is gifted or not. Character. Character is first on the list. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't meet the standard of the character expressed in the pastoral qualifications, then he's not fit for ministry. Above reproach. Right? Above reproach. Yeah. And, and there's a list there of, mm -hmm. of, of ways that he's above reproach. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, character qualities that ought to be present in the man. So you're looking at that. Then you're looking at his uh, effectiveness. Mm. Many a man proclaims his own giftedness, yeah, true. <laughs> but, but does the fruit evidence that? Mm. So I remember hearing John MacArthur years ago, lightheartedly, but talk mm. about the man who says, I'm called to teach. And then people come along behind him and say, no, he's not. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. and, and the church, sadly, the church through the years 
you see many people like that. They, sure. they proclaim their own giftedness, but then people who have to endure <laughs> what they do say, no, I, I don't no. think he's gifted. So is there, is there fruit mm-hmm. as a result of what he does? Is there, is there good fruit? Are people edified? Mm-hmm. Are they blessed? Do they grow? Opportunity. Does the Lord sovereignly, providentially open doors of opportunity for this person mm-hmm. then to put those uh, gifts to use? Again, when a guy says he's called to ministry, and let's say he goes through theological training, he finishes school, mm. and then door after door after door closes, and he, and he can't find a place to, to serve, he needs to reevaluate. I mean, mm. am I maybe attempting to do something here that the Lord mm. doesn't mean for me to do? Mm. A part of that character, as you know, is family life. Sure. So yeah. if he's a married man, is his wife affirmative yeah, on board. of this. Is mm-hmm. she on board? Uh, a man who desires to be in ministry but his family's not in, in a position to do it, doesn't need to, mm-hmm. to do it. His family needs to be exemplary. Mm-hmm. Uh, not perfect. We're all, our families are growing and mm-hmm. we have uh, every, every married couple, they're, they're going to have children as they grow up. You've got discipline issues and you're going to have to deal with all that. But, but are his children orderly? Are they kept in subjection? Do they obey their parents as a general rule? Is, is the home a model? Is it a, a good example for the rest of the church? Mm. That's something to examine. So there just a few things sure. like that come to mind, but it is in the life of the church where this man is tested. And so if a man doesn't love the Lord's church, if, if he's more about himself than he is the church, I guess this is another thing I would mention, Josh, is he, is he teachable? Mm. Is he humble? Is he, is, does he have a submissive heart? Yep. You know this, we talk about this a lot around here. If, if a man doesn't know what it is to be under authority, never put him in authority mm-hmm. because he will abuse authority. Mm-hmm. So is this a man who demonstrates the kind of humility that he can be led by other people and actually let other people evaluate his giftedness and his fitness for the work? So those are the sorts of things that come to mind. Yeah, could you talk a little bit about, okay, First Timothy 3, um, if a man desires the office of right. overseer, it's a it's a good desire. Um, I, I feel like I've met and known many people, especially going through seminary for many years, that have a kind of desire or a love for studying the Bible, or maybe, a, but but don't necessarily desire the office. That's a tremendous point. Yeah, First Timothy three one says the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer. He desires a noble task. Mm-hmm, yeah. So the point you're making, yeah. and it's, a, it's an excellent one and one that needs to be made, <clears throat> you've got to desire the work. You've got to desire the responsibility, the things that go into the responsibility. You've got to, you've got to have a desire for that, an appetite for that, and for the right reasons, mm-hmm. right? Your motives have to be right for that. Not self-exaltation, not any sort of enrichment, though, that's usually not the, the, mm-hmm. the job you would choose if you want to be rich anyway. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, exactly. but that, that your desire is to glorify God right. and to make good use of what God means for you to do. So if you love to study the Bible, but you don't love people, right. if you love to study the Bible, but that's you... a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. You don't want to work hard. Mm-hmm. You just want to sit in an office and study all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not shepherding people. So that, you know, pastor, teacher, right? You think about Ephesians 4. He's a shepherd. Even the man whose primary role is to preach is a shepherd. And, that, and you, can't, you can't even preach well without interaction with God's people because you may know the text, but you don't know your flock. 
You don't, you don't know the people sitting in front of you, mm -hmm. which has to do with not, not the meaning of the text. That's not going to change. Mm -hmm. But now, how do I help people grasp the meaning of the text, and how do I help them live it out? Mm -hmm. And that's not something you just do from a pulpit. That, that's, that's publicly and house to house. So if I'm not willing to teach people outside the pulpit, I'm not a shepherd. Mm -hmm. so, so you're exactly right, Josh. You have to understand the task mm -hmm. yeah. to even desire it. You need to have an understanding right. of it. Some men underestimate that. That's right. But then understanding the task, you yeah. can't just choose one or two elements of the work right. and say, I love that. Yeah, they, they confuse the desire or the, the love of studying the Bible with maybe a calling to the pastor. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. yeah. and, that, and that, that could be troubling. Um, should pastors go through schooling first, meaning seminary? Yeah, the, the answer I'm going to give is yes, they should. I will say, however, that God has used men who, in his good providence, did not get formal training, mm -hmm. and he's used them mightily. I think about Martin Lloyd-Jones, I think about Charles Haddon Spurgeon, I think about others. But those men are the exception to the rule. They're not the rule. And anything as weighty as what being a pastor means deserves preparation for it, and the very best preparation you can get, uh, that you can afford, that you have the, the availability of presented to you. So not every man is gonna have that avail availability or the finances or whatever the case may be, but every pastor needs to be prepared. And God means for the local church to be a place of preparation. So let's just imagine a guy doesn't have much money or he's in a, a place somewhere in the world where he can't get seminary training. He has the local church. Mm -hmm. He has the body of elders there, and he needs to learn all that he can. And then whatever good resources he can read, he needs to get his hands on those and make himself a student. Mm. So there is no such thing as a pastor who doesn't, who doesn't need to be prepared for the task. And where possible, formal training is something that is um, useful and needful. What's your advice to new pastors? Brand new pastors. Yeah, brand new pastor. First, first pastorate. Uh, yeah, Lord might keep you there forever. Lots of advice, but, but would, well, maybe two or three things. Two or three things. Yeah. I would say be patient, respect what came before you. Hmm. There's something in all of us that you want to think that everything starts with you, <laughs> you know. So hmm. whatever the church's history has been before, hey, I showed up, yeah. and now it's all hmm. going to be different. Hmm. And you don't, you don't need to do that. You need to 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 have a love for and a respect for and admiration for the work that God has done before you arrived. So you need to respect that. Even if it wasn't the healthiest work, realize mm -hmm. that, that God has used crooked sticks to draw straight lines. So there was something good there that preceded you and, and thank mm -hmm. God for it. I think it's important for a young guy to have lifelines uh, with older men, mm -hmm. more experienced men. Don't isolate yourself. Don't be afraid, humble yourself. Don't be afraid to make a phone call and say, hey, I don't know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. Can you help me? Or I need advice. And I, I think I know what to do with this, but I want to make sure I get another voice on this. Th those are all good things. But, but patience, with young men, one of the, one of the mm -hmm. greatest mistakes I see is they're just <clears throat> impatient. Mm -hmm. They want everything to change now, things mm -hmm. that need to change. They mm -hmm. want it to change now. And love the people, love the Lord above all. Don't forget, you, your, your primary sense of identity is you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. You're a child of God. You, you don't love Jesus professionally. <laughs> you, you love him genuinely. Mm -hmm. So whether you're a pastor or not, you're a Christian. So you love Christ and then you love his people. Mm -hmm. And 
and realize you're privileged to do what you get to do. The Lord doesn't need you. He could use anyone he wants to. So it's a high privilege to get to serve the Lord in this way. Always count it to be a privilege and um, stay on your knees. Mm. Pray, pray a lot mm. and, um, and, and, and do not diverge from the Word of God. Stay with the Scriptures. Be true. Be loyal to what God has revealed in His Word and the Lord will bless. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Straight Truth Podcast. Now, Straight Truth is listener supported. So if you'd like to find out ways how you can help us to continue to produce this podcast, you can go to our website and find out ways to do that, straighttruth.net. At that website, you'll also find links to all of our previous episodes and our social media channels. So be sure to check it out. Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Richard Caldwell. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.